I'm Tom Ardman with Ardman Farms in Floresville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agricultural on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I've got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, inflation continues to take a bite out of agriculture. Texas farmers and ranchers continue to feel the squeeze of higher input costs, especially on fuel. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Another consequence of our drought in the Texas High Plains. It's caused some hitches for a special cattle study being conducted at West Texas A&M University. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about this on Texas Ag Today. The October rains that fell were beneficial for farmers and ranchers across various regions of Texas. The forecast from the National Weather Service indicates more precipitation ahead for the month of November. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that forecast on Texas Ag Today. Data released this month from the Department of Agriculture shows drought is having an impact on cattle markets. I'm Michael Clements and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates five times this year and is expected to raise them again this week in an effort to fight inflation. And while most consumers see the effects of inflation at the grocery store, it's taking a big bite out of Texas farmers and ranchers, according to South Texas farmer and president of the Texas Farm Bureau, Russell Baining. You know, we see a lot about food prices going up, but our input prices have, have gone up, you know, as much or more. And, and I guess that's mainly, mainly driven by fuel. Uh, you know, it takes fuel to just about do everything. And of course, uh, 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 fossil fuels are also a, a, a main part of fertilizer uh, production. Uh, so fertilizer prices are up um, and uh, fuel prices are up. Other input prices are up and uh, just that, that's the impact. I mean, the impact is just uh, pretty much like it affects everyone else. Unfortunately, inflation has shown no sign of slowing down and the Fed is expected to raise interest rates by three quarters of a point on Wednesday. The Texas wheat crop is off to a slow start this year due to dry conditions, and that's also the case in other wheat-producing areas of the country. 
Presently, we do have drought in all three of the nation's major winter wheat production areas, the white winter wheat in the northwest, the hard red winter wheat across the Great Plains, and the soft red winter wheat that's grown from the mid-south into the lower Midwest. That's USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey, who says he is not looking at an optimistic forecast for our area here in the southern Great Plains. We may start seeing some relief across the northern plains, but some of the biggest winter wheat production areas across the central and southern Great Plains could potentially remain very dry into the spring. And if warmth and drought were to continue from, say, Nebraska or Kansas and Colorado southward, that could lead to implications for another poor winter wheat crop because so much of the crop is grown across the central and southern Great Plains. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. U.S. diesel supplies are shrinking rapidly. America has a shortage of diesel supplies on hand, and a shortage is spreading in the eastern United States that has prompted at least one supplier to initiate emergency protocols. Mansfield Energy is a fuel supplier that says conditions are rapidly devolving, so they're requiring a 72-hour notice for deliveries to secure fuel and freight. Diesel supplies are tight, partly because Russian diesel imports are banned, and U.S. refining capacity has fallen over the past few years. Diesel prices hit a record high of $5.81 a gallon back in June, and prices could go higher if the winter is colder than expected. The drought continues to cause problems for Texas agriculture. James Hunt tells us about a cattle research project that was affected. For about two years now, Vero, which is the Veterinary Education Research and Outreach Program at West Texas A&M, has been engaged in a special study looking for ways to reduce the amount of tylosin given to feed yard cattle. The study, however, has been hampered somewhat because the drought's effect on grazing lands has made it difficult to get the standard feed yard-ready cattle the researchers need. Dr. Paul Morley is the director of research for Vero. We were trying to focus on those particular cattle that would have been raised to about 500 pounds coming off of grass, but there hasn't been much grass, and so it's hard to find those cattle. Despite the handicap, the research is continuing and on pace to wrap up in the spring. The goal, again, is to find ways to limit the use of the drug Tylosin to treat liver abscesses in feed yard cattle. Less use of the drug would hopefully diminish the threat of antibiotic resistance. Now, as to liver abscesses, conventional thinking has long been cattle entering feed yards are susceptible to abscesses because their diet is switched from grass to grain. But Dr. Morley says, As we've embarked on our research and looking further into this, this is one of the areas that our work is emphasizing is looking at the pathogenesis of these diseases of liver abscess, how they actually start and how it occurs. Our work suggests that more generally that there are conditions of inflammation and a a dysregulation of the balance between the gut microbes and the health of the intestinal tissues. So introduction to grain diets may be one of the causes for that, but more broadly, there are probably others. And that's part of what we're trying to do is figure out what causes liver abscesses so we can more effectively prevent them. More updates to come as the study continues. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. October was a good month for rainfall in many areas of Texas. Tom Nicoletti says we can expect more to come in the month of November. 
My guest from Fort Worth is meteorologist Tom Bradshaw with the National Weather Service. And Tom, finally some rain for various regions of Texas in October. Recap that for us. Sure thing. It's great to be with you again, Tom. And yeah, we were fortunate enough to see a little rain across the Lone Star State uh, in October. That's been a bit of a departure from months prior to that. It looks like we had several inches of rain across a good part of north central and, and parts of west central Texas. Still a little bit dry in the south, south central, southeast parts of Texas. But again, large parts of western and northern Texas did see some beneficial rain, which we will certainly take given the, the ongoing drought that we've had. So now for the month of November, what is that forecast as we look at the latest U.S. drought monitor for Texas with exceptional and extreme drought and, and other dry areas across the state still prevailing? Well, you, you mentioned the drought monitor, and even though we did have uh, decent amounts of rain across a good part of the state, we've got a lot of the state that's still seeing uh, actually quite dry conditions, especially across the, the Texas Hill Country, parts of central Texas, and, and all the way up into the Texas Panhandle it remains quite dry. November is looking like we might actually get a little bit more rainfall than what we've seen in the previous months. Just looking out ahead, it looks like for the next several weeks, we'll have a series of fronts come through, and we'll have uh, just a little bit more rainfall, especially across the the northern half of the state. So we're going to be on the lookout for that. Temperature-wise, we'll start to see sharper cold fronts moving into the area by the latter part of the month of November. And so temperatures will certainly be dropping as we get into the last half towards Thanksgiving. You know, we'll start to see our first freeze of the year across a good part of the state by the latter part of the, of the month. That is meteorologist Tom Bradshaw with the National Weather Service in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Data released this month from the Department of Agriculture shows drought is having an impact on the cattle markets. Michael Clements has more from Washington. Recent reports from the Department of Agriculture reveal current market trends in the cattle markets. American Farm Bureau Federation economist Barrett Nelson shares more from the Cattle on Feed report. I think we can really call this report bullish with total cattle on feed coming in right around 11.4 million, down 1% from this time in 2021. Placements were a little bit over 2 million head. This is 4% below this time last year in 2021. Nelson says placements Placements were down the most in drought-stricken states. This is likely due to some tighter calf supplies, along with higher feed and input costs amplified by the drought conditions. We've seen marketings for fed cattle totaling 1.86 million head for September. This is 4% above this time in 2021. Now, when we really see marketings high and placements become lower over a longer, drawn-out period of time, this really signals that lower cattle supplies are in the future. Additionally, USDA's livestock slaughter report shows higher beef slaughter numbers. So on October 26th, we had 129,000 head processed. So what we're seeing here is when the packer really starts trying to reach out and get a hold of these numbers ahead of time, this really tells you that they need to get their hands on cattle to meet the current demand situation. When we see the supplies start to tighten up and we see demand kind of remaining consistent, we're going to see some upward support in prices. From Washington, I'm Michael Clements for Texas Ag Today. We are inching closer to the start of the general white-tailed deer hunting season in Texas. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And grazing corn stalks can be a good source of forage in this tough year of drought, but you need to be careful. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, 
right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Grazing corn stalks after harvest can be a good source of forage in this tough year of drought. But Dr. Bob Judd says you need to be careful. The drought could cause those corn stalks to have high levels of nitrates. We had a major drought this summer in Texas during the corn growing season, and stressed corn can have increased levels of nitrate. Cattle select the grain, leaves, and husks first, and these are lower in nitrates. However, at least in our area of central Texas, producers commonly bale the corn stalks, and it is important to realize that nitrate does not leach out of the corn stalks with time. So it's a good idea to test the corn stalks' hay for nitrate before feeding them. If you do not bale your corn stalks and are going to graze them, the plants are small and stunted due to the drought and nitrate levels are higher in the bottom third of the stalks. It is also indicated in Drovers.com that although most of the issue with nitrate occurs in dryland corn, irrigated corn can have a similar issue in the corners of the field where adequate water was lacking and the plants are stunted. It seems cattle tend to prefer these drought-stressed plants when grazing and can even seek them out. Because of the drought, some ranchers may leave cows on corn stalks longer than normal to try and stretch food resources, and this may force cows to eat the lower part of the plant, which potentially contains the most nitrate. If you're going to graze corn stalks, make sure the cows are full when turning them in so they do not eat as aggressively. If you have irrigated corn, consider fencing off the areas that received less water to prevent ingestion of these stressed plants. If possible, remove the cows after they have eaten most of the leaves and husks, and feeding supplemental energy can increase the rate of nitrate detoxification. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It's just about time to hit the woods for those whitetails. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. The day that hunters across Texas have been waiting for is almost here. The general whitetail deer hunting season opens on Saturday. Alan Kane, whitetail deer program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more. From a hunter perspective, this season will be a good one. The number of deer will still be similar to what it has been the past couple of years. I think what hunters will potentially notice is a decline in antler quality compared to last year or the year before. Just because we had such poor conditions coming out of late last winter, spring and summer, it was so hot and dry, the deer just didn't have the maximum available nutritional resources they need. And so that obviously is going to have an impact on antler quality. But as far as numbers of deer, hunters should be in good shape this year. They should see plenty of animals. Kane said the fawn crop is down this year due to the drought. Low fawn production for this fall isn't necessarily going to affect the hunter because most of them aren't harvesting fawns, but it's five, 
six years down the road when they'll notice there'll be a gap in the number of bucks in those corresponding age classes as they they get older there'll be a little dip compared to the other age classes and so if we have a couple of two or three years of back-to-back of poor fawn crops that's just something to keep in mind that hey i'm probably not going to see as many bucks three four years down the road and so people can use that to help them make harvest management decisions like do i want to let some of my bucks go this year and so i'll have some more next year to help that age distribution at least young middle mature bucks be a little bit more equal you know down the road so that's something to consider bag limits vary by county so be sure to check the outdoor annual before hunting for the texas farm bureau radio network i'm jessica domel we saw a lower trade in the cattle markets tuesday but cotton was locked limit up all day long We'll take a look back at all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Tuesday was another day of higher grain prices and lower cattle markets. Live and feeder cattle both feeling the pressure from another climb in the corn market. December live cattle dropped 52 cents on Tuesday, 151.95. February down 57, 155.25. While April live cattle dropped 20 cents, 158.87. Feeder market, same story. November feeder cattle down 70, 176.92. January feeders down $1.25, 178.20. With the March contract down 87 at 180.70. Cash fed cattle trade still quiet, not really expecting any trade to happen until Thursday or later this week. Feedlots asking for higher money again. We've got asking prices here in Texas at 152. Boxed beef prices mixed Tuesday. Choice was up 75 cents, 264.40. Select down $1.42 at 233.04. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My guest is Ken Jordan. We're speaking about the best of the best female sale he had Saturday in San Saba. Ken, how did it go? Right at 2,500 head on the yards uh, on Saturday. I thought we had a very, very good offer of pairs that were on hand. I thought the Flesher pairs selling, they were selling from 1600 up to $2,800, except we had a set of 15 really choice Brangus pairs with fall calves at their side. They brought $3,500 a pair on those 15 uh, pairs. Some of the pairs that were maybe a little thinner, they kind of sold from 1300 up to 1575 Getting the bread cows, we had a lot of good, really choice bread cows, and they were in strong demand with medium to long bread cows, ranging mostly from 1300 
1,500 up to 2,100. Except we did have that one set of uh, long bred Brangus cows. All of them were straight eight months bred. They also brought $3,500, just like those pairs did. Some of the short bred cows and some of the cows may be carrying just a little flesh and some drier areas where they came from. They range from 900 up to 1275. Getting the bred heifers, I thought they're mostly as a whole. What we had to offer was from medium to long breads, and they went from 1200 up to 24 and a half, except for we had a set of really good 12 long bred Russian Charlotte heifers uh, that brought $2,900 a piece. The open heifers were also in very good demand, bringing from 1000 up to 1900 except uh, we did have one really good set of open golden certified true F1 tiger stripes that brought twenty. $300. Over uh, and the, again, the lighter kind of heifers, uh, this is, uh, they pretty well brought from 760 up to 975, depending on size and kind. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Ken. You bet. Give us a call. Area code 325-372-5159. Keep in mind, we do have Hell's Ranch Angus bulls that are going to be here this week. Got about 30 of those and about 35 or 40 of the Cannon Ranch Charlotte bulls. Just their featured sale is what it is. That'll be on uh, Thursday at 10 o'clock. We'll start that. Roll right into our stocker feeder sale, Larry. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures trade now where lean hogs finished steady to higher Tuesday. December hogs up 27 cents at 85.20. February hogs unchanged 88.45. Class 3 milk was higher. November milk up 15 cents, 20.62, 100 weight. The cotton market opened limit up Tuesday morning. It stayed there all day long. We closed limit up as well. Traders are thinking this market is very oversold right now, coming in, trying to buy the bottom. Also, a lot of traders covering short positions, so that helped to move the market sharply higher. The December contract limit up 300 points, 75 cents even. March cotton up 300 at 74.64. The May contract limit up as well at 74.85. Grain markets finishing strongly higher once again in Tuesday's trade. December corn up six and a quarter, six ninety-seven and three quarters. March corn up five and three quarters at seven oh two and a half. The wheat market added to Monday's big gains. Of course, that big announcement coming out of Russia that they will not allow more grain exports out of Ukraine. Also, the crop condition report that came out Monday afternoon. Helped to move the prices higher as a huge chunk of the wheat crop in the country right now rated in the poor to very poor categories. December Kansas City wheat up 11 and a quarter, 9.90 a bushel. December Chicago wheat up 20 and a quarter at 9.02 and a half. In the energy markets, December natural gas down 62 cents, 5.73. December crude oil up a buck 91 at 88.44 a barrel. The financial markets lower Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 90 points at 32,642. The Nasdaq down 77 at 10,912. The S&P down 14, 3,858. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.